Dit is de Rousseau Radio. De enige echte podcast van KVM Media over de Groningse basketbaltrots Donar. Met Klaas-Jan Terveen, Bas Kammerga en Yannick Masson. This is the Russo Radio, your podcast about Donar. And we're going to do this one in English with Bas Kamiga. Hello. With Yannick Masson. Hello. And you can introduce yourself. Mr. Marcus Addison, number 34. Number 34 of Donar. And a warm welcome to you in the KVM Media studio in Groningen. It's an honor to be here. I like the setup. Yeah, it's very nice uh, having you. We're going to talk about your uh, uh, career, about your life, about your uh, time here in Groningen with Donar, about uh, about Groningen. Huh? Yes, sir. Maybe, maybe that's a nice first question. Uh, <laughs> what is Groningen? What means Groningen to do uh, to you? Do you like it here? Yeah. Uh, what it's been like so far, and do I like it? Yes, I like it. It's really nice. Uh, a lot of nice people. A lot of uh, English things, things in America, you know what I'm saying, food, uh, resources, you know, good public transportation, that kind of stuff. It's a real clean place, you know. So it's been nice, and uh, fans have been great, been real uh, inviting and open since I've been here. So, you know, it's a small town up north in the in the uh, Dutchland, but it's, it's great. It's a great a small community. Yeah. Oh, that's nice to hear. Yannick? Yes. Uh, you're uh, a, a, a re- local reporter for yeah. Oog Radio and Television. You're a huge donor fan for a couple of years with your whole, whole family. Yep. Uh, what is Marcus Edison? Do I say it right? Marquis Edison? Marcus yeah. Edison. Marcus Edison. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Uh, what kind of player is he? Uh, he's a shooting guard. Uh, he likes to score the ball. His, his, first, his first thing is to score the ball. Um, he's a good shooter. Uh, he has to be has played some point guard uh, this year as well. We'll probably talk about that as well, but um, that's like a secondary position. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, something that he's very good at is stealing the ball. Of course, the, in the, when you look at the box scores, Marcus is always popping up in the steals category. So on the defensive side of the ball, uh, he can handle himself as well. Yeah, it's a bit strange to talk about the player when he's when he's sitting next to table. <laughs> but what what does Marcus bring to the to the team? To to this to donor what we missed before. Um, well, I think uh, one of the things that he's brought in to do is uh, shoot three ball, shoot three pointers. Um, so that's one of the first things I think why he was yeah, we uh, missed brought that into the, the year team. before. We missed that the year yeah. before, um, and we've missed that sometimes this season as well, uh, with percentages over the whole team sometimes dropping. Um, but he's one of the players that needs to score the free ball for us. He needs to score in in general. Mm. Well, let's let's make this casual. Uh, when you want to ask something, Bas or Yannick, uh, please break in. Yeah. Uh, because you're the basketball mind here uh, on the <laughs> table. With your simple fans yeah. <laughs> of Donar in the game. Just uh, one thing I'm, I'm curious about is, is the number uh, 34. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, is there something uh, special about it? Ray Allen, first of all. Mm. Uh, old Shaq. Paul Pierce. Giannis currently. Wow. 34 is just... Uh, a number for shooters and is what it was for me growing up, especially Ray Allen. And uh, so those are my favorite players are growing up. Uh, Ray Allen, Reggie Miller, Allen Houston, those kind of guys. They used to, uh, you know, score it in the 90s, shoot threes in the 90s when that wasn't really the thing. And so that's kind of where I flourished was with 34 when I was probably like 
15, 16, and so I've stuck with it ever since. Wow, and and you were able to have this number at all your for, uh, previous clubs? Nah, not everywhere. Oh. But, you know, I mixed it up a couple other times, had five somewhere. Oh, I, yeah. Five, I had six somewhere one time. Uh, they didn't offer numbers over 15 in some places. Ah, but, yeah, yeah. yeah. If, I, if I can get 34, I'm taking it every time. Okay, well, that's cleared up now. Mm -hmm. Well, let's go back in time. Uh, where did you, uh, where did you grow up? I grew up in Kansas City, Missouri, and Kansas City, Kansas. I'm right on the state line. People don't know that Kansas City is actually in Missouri as well as it is in Kansas. I know. So, yeah, <laughs> I, uh, I did time on both sides of the border. I uh, lived in Missouri until I was 11. Is there a difference between nothing, the states? or Not a thing. Okay. Not really. Uh, just right over the state line. That you can smoke weed in the in, the, in one state and the other not? Things like <laughs> Nowadays, that. Nowadays, that's becoming a thing. Missouri has it legalized and Kansas right. does. And so careful on what side of the border you are on. Exactly. <laughs> There is a dangerous part. And yeah. A, yeah. yeah. Okay. And what the dangerous part is, well. We'll leave that in the <laughs> we'll middle. We'll leave that <laughs> in, in the middle. Uh, what, kind of, what kind of place is it? What kind of city is it? What kind of vibe does it have? Yeah. It's, uh, people say it's a smaller city, but it's a major city. You know, we have major sports teams, the Chiefs, the Royals, a good uh, MLS soccer team as well. Um We have a lot of pride in our city. People mm. from KC love to rep Kansas City, me included. We have uh, we're known as like the city of fountains. We have a lot of parks and fountains. It's uh it's nice. And then you know once you get a, an hour or two outside the city, there's a lot of farmland. There's a lot of uh, wheat, wheat. So it's like one of our biggest crops mm -hmm. and stuff like that. A lot of big windmills that you see here in, in the Netherlands too, in the uh, on the off the highways in between cities and stuff. So like, we have that, but uh, Kansas City is a nice place, and I love being from Kansas City. You know, I'm always going to rep KC. Yeah, you grew up in Oliva. Uh, Olathe, Kansas. Olathe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to butcher that a couple of That's more okay. times, I'm you, afraid. You're not alone. <laughs> <laughs> we we looked it up, and uh, Wikipedia mm -hmm. uh, talk, talks about it as a beautiful city because it means beautiful The length of the word. Yeah, the word yes, is a, it's an old Chinu uh -huh. word. Uh, what means beautiful? Because the founder, Dr. John T. Barton, uh, said when he, uh, when he, when he, um, uh, when he founded the city, when he founded the city, uh -huh. exactly, it's so beautiful here. We should name it beautiful oh, yeah you're giving me history lessons on my own city right now yeah yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> is known as the city of champions as well so Ooh. yeah we, why uh, is that i i couldn't tell you i couldn't <laughs> tell you it just says that when you try them into town it says welcome to Olathe, the city of champions so i've always read as the city of champions yeah, of maybe we found uh, find out on the 20th you, of march you hear yeah. me yes sir yeah, uh, yeah. how was how, how were those years for you when you were younger when you were a kid what was your situation at home yeah uh, i grew up with um two brothers and a sister i have a brother who's 11 months older than i am so he's my built-in best friend every we tried everything together we mm. played basketball football baseball one-on-one -on -one, you know it was nice having somebody the same age as me at all times we even shared a room our whole lives pretty much so then i have a little sister who's three years younger than i am so she was in the mix and then i have a younger brother who's 10 years younger than i am And uh, that's a gap. Yeah, it's a little gap. He's actually over here studying with me right now. He's just hanging out for a couple of weeks and he'll be at the cup game. My whole family will be at the cup final. Wow. All right. all, they were all planning to come out already anyway. And then they moved it from the 13th to the 20th. And now they get to see the whole cup final. So yeah, for everybody except my, for except my father will be out here. My my dad's actually coming the week before the cup final. Mm. So family's coming out to, to visit. It's a 
you know, told them good things about the city, and they, you know, they're excited to come visit uh, me in Europe. Well, so. maybe it's an open door, but how important is family? Oh, it's number number two for me. God and family, my religion yeah. and my family are things that come first in my life. That's how I was raised, and that's how I live my life. Um, they really are my best friends, the people that I can trust and count on at all times. There's uh, never been anything, you know, hmm. that I didn't like one of my family members for. You know, I've always loved them all, and uh, I'm so excited to play over here in Europe for these last eight years and then to be able to bring my family over and show them the world is, is yeah. a special thing to me for sure. Yeah. And do we always, wherever you play, do we always come out to, to see a game? or They try to. Not every year they get to make it, but they came out to Denmark a couple, once or twice. Uh, the last time they all came was when I was in France, I want to say. They came to Switzerland as well. So, you know, we had, I had never been out the country until I played basketball when I was 22, when I went to Europe for my mm -hmm. rookie year. I had never left America. So, uh, same with them. And then now they get to come over and see different parts of the world and, you know, experience that with me. It's, it's, yeah. it's special for sure. Can you explain uh, to, to us something about number one, about God? Because that's something we hear a lot in uh, from players from the United States mm -hmm. of America in uh, in the Netherlands in Europe we are a bit more uh, uh, well well you know religion is okay yeah uh, I'm, I'm religious by myself uh -huh. but we don't say it like that yeah like you guys do yeah do you understand the difference yeah definitely I mean I'm just you know people can be conservative about it and that's fine yeah. I'm just not uh, ashamed to let people know all glory to God and you know uh, I wouldn't be here without my Lord and Savior and mm. you know I wish I was in the church every every weekend like I should be and like I you know wish I was and sometimes when I home at home I am you know and here I watch on YouTube or I try to get some yeah. stu some Bible studies in on Sunday morning Is it like and, a mega church in the back in Kansas City? No. Nah, <laughs> no, nah, it's actually not it's a church that my girlfriend uh she follows and likes and so I just you know I get in there with her and mm. we, we get our, our praise on and you know we're just thankful and we know that it doesn't come from nowhere it comes from the man up above yeah. so We always keep that, uh, you know, keep that humble. Keep well, that and stay humble. You can come with me sometime to my church, right? They speak English. Yeah, they have translators. Say no more. Well, no. that's that's <laughs> that's a deal. Yeah, <laughs> great. So it's family, it's God, but you also had talent. Yes, sir. Hoops is in there right after that. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. What was your talent? Uh, my talent is hooping. Yeah, that's what I do. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm a, yeah, basketball has been important for me forever. Um, it was really my first love. I played other sports growing up, but basketball was always a sport that I was like, man, I want to do this. I want to get better at this. I want to, you know, continue to work at this, even if it was by myself. Some other sports, they were just kind of for fun or be with friends or whatever. But uh, basketball has always had my attention, and it's a craft that you have to work at day after day after day, and you have to continue to per uh, to perfect and To this day, I'm 30 years old, and I still, there's things I work on, like, ah, okay, I can improve that. I can get better at that. You know, it's not ever a finished product. So that's one of the things about basketball that really stood out to me. And, and as a little kid, you played inside and outside, uh, I think. Uh, basketball? Yeah, yeah, in in the hall and... No, in the hallway, in the in the bedroom, yeah, yeah. makeshift hoop, uh, <laughs> yeah. downstairs, outside, and in the middle of the street. Yeah, 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 yeah. Didn't exactly. Matter. If it was raining, snowing, my brother and I would be out there with our jackets on. And, and everywhere snow. you had some some baskets. Uh, Most certainly, posters, yeah. uh, the little the little Fisher Price goals when we were kids. Yeah. And wh when was the first time you uh, played basketball? Yeah, like organized with a, with a club or uh, how do how does Probably that go? When I was like three years old, four years old, like oh really, bitty ball, you know, with the low the low rims. My brother's a year older than me, so yeah. I, I my, until I was probably sixteen, I played up a year. I mm -hmm. played with 
kids that were older than me because I always ah. played with him. Uh, so it makes you harder to yeah, play. Yeah, it, it does. It does. <laughs> yeah. It keeps you humble, and it uh, you know it helps you uh, get better too. And what was the moment you realized, hey, I'm maybe better than other kids? And yeah. uh, I think it was when I was like 15. Uh, I was playing up with the 16 year olds, and then there was some 17 year olds missing in the 17 year old game too. And I went in the 17 year old game, and I had like 20, 22 points or something like that, playing against kids that were two years older than me. And I, at that point, I really remember thinking, like, man, like, whoa, I can't wait to tell my mom about this. Yeah, they had stayed from my game, and they didn't think I was going to play in that game because I wasn't supposed to. And they had a couple kids who didn't make it, so I got to play. I think we only had six players, so I was kind of forced to play out, play mm -hmm. and be out there on the court. But I went out there and I had a really good game, and I kind of like blacked out in the moment. It just kind of happened, and everything happened. I just couldn't wait to get home and tell my mom. And at that point, I was just, you know, I fell in love with that feeling of being productive and being a hooper. You know, being like somebody. Everybody's like, "Oh, who is that kid?" You know, like mm -hmm. that, that kind of thing, that kind of feeling. I was like, after that, I fell in love with it, and I wanted to continue to get that feeling. Yeah. And you put more time and energy in it. Uh, exactly. More time, more effort, more energy. You know, just want to, like, oh, I'm making a three. And then when you miss, it's like, ah, oh, why am I missing? You know, you just get out there and you're like, nah, man. Like, I want to be able to be that guy and make it all the time and have people asking who he is or, you know, where he's from or what grade is he and stuff like that, you know. For me, growing up, that was that was everything, and now my friends played too. So you know, it was and at, at that time, did you have uh, examples of other other players who you wanted to be? Yeah, <laughs> my favorite player growing up was uh, Tracy McGrady. Hmm. Uh, yeah, Tracy McGrady was a beast back in the day. Him and AI, Kobe as well. And as I continued to get older, Kobe was just continued to excel, excel, excel. And I was like, yo, Kobe, I stuck with Kobe ever since after that. May he rest in peace. Yeah, so that hmm. uh, that was hmm. always my guy, still my guy to this day. If you ever want to have goat conversations don't don't come at me without mentioning kobe <laughs> kobe at least is in the conversation but is he the goat as well or? i'm not gonna say he's the goat but kobe better than a lot of people that they yeah. say is the goat i put it that way mm -hmm. how did that affect your high school uh, path that 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 the the urge for basketball uh, my, my high school is very competitive at uh, basketball, a lot of storied history, a lot of state championships, that kind of stuff. Um, I also was in high school, normally it's ninth grade, 10th grade, 11th and 12th. And, and when I went to high school, it was only 10, 11, 12. So I was still in middle school in ninth grade. Uh, so that kind of affected me. So I didn't play varsity until I played like four varsity games my sophomore year, which normally if you're a player looking to play at a high level in college, that kind of stuff, you're normally playing some varsity year, sophomore year, you know? Mm -hmm. So I didn't play varsity full time until my junior year. And that's kind of late. But uh, I was the only junior with eight other seniors. So it was a lot of competition. And uh, I ended up starting every game my junior year, being one of the better players. And from there, I'm like, you know, I, I started to get that feeling like, yo, I'm a younger kid playing with all these upperclassmen. Like, they, I might have an actual future in this, you know, like, I might. Really how difficult somewhere. is that? Because, uh, for example, uh, football teams are huge teams with mm -hmm. 50, 60, 70 folks that mm -hmm. are. Uh, exactly. They have, they They're have all a spot. Yeah. They have a spot for them. Yeah. Basketball. Five on the court. Five on the court. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then a couple of guys on the bench, but yeah. you don't want to be the guy on the bench. So. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Exactly. So uh, it was it was complicated. You know, I didn't know if I was going to make it. Mm -hmm. I didn't know if it was because I was a junior, I wasn't going to start and I was going to be held against me. These guys have done years at this school and built, you know, reputations and resumes. But uh, I just wanted to go out there and play harder, play harder than everybody else. And that's how it got me on the court. And... uh 
I was thankful to start every game my junior year. We went to state. We had a lot of success. And then all the eight juniors or seniors left my going into my senior year, and now it's my team. Hmm. So all those things I learned from all those upperclassmen kind of stuck with me, and, and they instilled in me how to be a leader and the traditions that our school you know, has always followed to continue to instill those things. And uh, for me, that was, that, was, that was special for me. I took it to heart. Like, it really meant something to me to be from my high school and to, to be uh, one of the better players in my high school and to be the, known as the best player on the team, you know, to be the captain. That was something that I was – it was an honor, truly. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I took it to heart, and I really – all those guys was on my senior year team. Those are still some of my best friends to this day. You know, it was a real close are there, community. Are there any guys that are also playing basketball now on, on – on on professional level there was one who played uh some china stance like uh low league china mid league china and then also played in like an american uh, semi-pro league semi-pro league hmm. so hmm. yeah but uh, all eight guys went to college and got they got their degrees and scholarships so you know that was that's important for all it of us it counts too. as well absolutely yeah it means yeah. something yeah because indeed college university mm-hmm. how do you wind up at missouri southern state mm-hmm. uh, what 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 is the uh, the the the, the The procedure yeah. to, to get into to get it, into yeah. to college because in general, or, or yeah, in, in general, in and general, also yeah. your 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 own path because that's something that's uh, not comparable to the Netherlands and to Europe. Yeah, yeah, it's a definitely a tricky situation. So, and to get into colleges, you basically play AAU, which is a huge thing in America. U uh, sports and AAU in general, thousands and thousands and thousands of kids that are all basically going out there playing to get noticed by colleges mm. and uh i was played for a good team my 16th year my sophomore year going into my junior year of high school and we were pretty good but we weren't great we were more like a, a local team you know and uh, we didn't have a lot of recognition i would have some good games and some teams would call here and there uh, so you had to be a standout had to be a standout exactly so but because of the success i had as a standout as an individual my 16th year my 17th year i got to go to like a, a nike team And I played for uh, Mocan, and uh, to this day, it's like one of the top Nike organizations. They produce guys like Trey Young, Michael Porter Jr., um, Willie Cauley Stein, Alec Burks, like a lot of guys that are all NBA players, all NBA yeah. players. <laughs> and all at a really high level. <laughs> yeah, so I was yeah. one of like two guys in my AAU team that didn't go to Division One. You know, a lot of a couple guys played pro, made it in Europe, played pro, and uh, me not going to play Division One was kind of my doing, but, you know, for Why me... Why was I, it your doing? Uh, First of all, in the classroom, I wasn't doing what I was supposed to do at the time. Mm. And also, I could have went to junior college route, but my brother went to junior college to play basketball, and he didn't like it. So yeah. immediately, I kind of wrote it off. So junior college in America is kind of like small town. There's no rules. You can, you're up at 5 a.m. doing study hall and workouts and stuff like that. And I wanted to just go somewhere. I wanted to play four years. I wanted to be in the record books. You know, I wanted to make history. I wanted to just enjoy every minute of where I was at. So Be again in the same position that you were in high school. Absolutely. Like the standout leader kind of personality for and, that and, team. And that's where it stemmed from. So I chose to go to a Division II college. Um, my, my freshman year, we were the number four team in the nation. So, like, to go to that college, it's, it's comparable to a lot of smaller Division ones, where mm. you might go there and you might not have success and you might not play as a freshman or a sophomore. And uh, I was able to start every game my freshman year, similar to my story in high school. But my freshman year, the only way I was going to get on the court is if I was defending 
and I was doing the small things and I was letting the guys who were supposed to be doing the scoring, doing the scoring. And I understood that. So I sacrificed a lot. I played with high level professionals, Skylar Bolin, who's playing over in telecom right now. He's played five or six years in BBL, uh, Jordan Tauber, who's a professional in pro B Germany, pro a Germany, um, King Toman, who's placed with the Bakken Bears over in, mm-hmm. in Denmark. So these are, you know, these are really good players. And yeah. I'm two, three years younger than these guys. So I'm like, what am, what am I going to do to get it on the court? And I used to go out there and I used to pick up 94 feet and dive on every loose ball and do whatever it took to be able to just to play with these guys, you know, instead of having to sit on the bench. And we had a really good year that year. We ended up, uh, like I said, top five in the nation. And then to have that feeling of success, like, that really fueled me for the next three years of my college career. Let's talk a bit football here, because we talked about it before the the show, before the recording, um, and you told us you had also uh, some some nice uh, football talents. This is true. This is true. Yeah, I, uh, people might not see; they might think I'm a little frail or a little skinny <laughs> or something. But I was uh, I have world class hands. That's for sure. I was a receiver, and <laughs> it's all about hands. <laughs> I, I, I was slow. I didn't have great routes. It wasn't you know, but I had I was catching the ball if it came my way. Mm-hmm. I was uh, I had a lot of accolades for football. Um, and success my senior year I was first team all state in football and then I was second team in basketball so you know some guys were telling me that I was choosing the wrong sport or I need to go play football or this and that <laughs> but I just didn't love football the way I love basketball I was just naturally gifted at it so it was something I kind of stuck with and enjoyed the success of and also got to play with a lot of my friends that I uh, came up with growing up but it works you know the hands in football I was just about to say does yeah. that kind of help with like we mentioned yeah. that you are always high in the steals category yeah um does that help in I, that in that department I definitely think it does like I will for sure be having my child try a lot of different sports you know when that time comes um for me like even the physicality of football I, you know I was used to throwing shoulders and uh you know catching passes in traffic and that kind of stuff and sometimes you find yourself in situations like that on the basketball court as well you know, whether that's like bumping a roller or catching a rebound in, in, in traffic, stuff like that. Um, you know, it just became natural because you did it so many times playing football growing up. Yeah. And now we're talking about football. Uh, let's take a sidestep from uh, from basketball mm-hmm. because it's the number one sport in America. Mm-hmm. Or is it basketball? It's always... It's kind of... It's, it's football. It's football. Yeah. It's football. Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah. Um, um, how how important is football to you? How important are the Kansas City Chiefs to you? Yes, sir. Uh, like you said, um, we had a bit we had a bit of inside information. Yeah, we, ha- yeah. we have to tell you <laughs> because we talked we talked to Liam Williams, <laughs> <laughs> and he talked us through the state of mind <laughs> that you go into when watching football games. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the clothes the clothes you're wearing at that moment. Whatever well. he said is mm-hmm. true. <laughs> Put it that way. Now I come What's your from, story about yeah, it? Yeah, I come from uh, like a football family. My dad played football growing up and my dad was my football coach and we were the youth kids uh, growing up, but I'm from Kansas City. We love the Chiefs. We love barbecue, we love the Chiefs. <laughs> You know, we love the Sunflower State, like, but the Chiefs, though, are are number one in a lot of people's uh, people's eyes. So even when they weren't good, I was still supporting back then before all the newfound glory, for those of you that were wondering. Uh, Pat Mahomes <laughs> is Kansas City's Lord and Savior right now. So, yeah. you know, we're thankful for him. But football is my it's favorite ne- It's sport. never seen. It's incredible, yeah. this guy. Yeah, it's true. And it's like, you know, we're a small market team. And yeah, a small market team to be going to Super Bowls and winning Super Bowls. I understand exactly with exactly. the Baltimore Ravens. Yep. Yeah. So 
football means a lot. Uh, when I was home for Christmas, I got to go to the Chiefs game the day after Christmas. That was sweet because it's been a couple years since I've uh, got to catch oh, a game okay. after being in Europe. I, 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 I meant to, 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 to ask you that because yeah. Arrowhead is like uh, one of those stadiums. You know, you have a that that's the the, the atmosphere mm -hmm. with the with the tomahawk. Oh yeah, you know it's amazing. And you say a small market team, but yeah. coming from Big from support. a Europe uh, perspective, exactly. the stadium is huge. Yeah. and then that's a small market team. Exactly. You know, so at the moment they're actually uh, the loudest outdoor stadium in the world. Yeah, uh, it was them in Seattle when going back and forth. I think we still have the record, if I'm not mistaken, but. <laughs> Yeah, we love the Chiefs, and we go out there. Uh, Which game was that? It was the Steelers game where we beat them down, first game before the Thank you game. for that. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's a ride. I hate, I hate the Steelers. I yeah, know. <laughs> we'll go to the game. If it's a 3 o'clock game, gates open at 9, 10, and we'll be about there barbecuing five, six hours before the game. Tailgating your ass off. No doubt. It's a <laughs> special tailgate in Arrowhead, and then, uh, you know, you smell barbecue everywhere, and then we go into the game, and, you know, we root the boys on, so – we might have lost this year. Took a took a bad loss to the to the Bengals, but we'll be back. Yeah, yeah it's, um, it's kind of a growing sure. sport now that ESPN shows it. Yeah, uh, I was watching the uh, Kansas City against Bengals game mm -hmm. uh, semifinals before mm -hmm. the Super Bowl with my dad, and my dad was like, you know. I've never really watched football, but I like this Mahomes guy. And then he was starting to root really big for Kansas City. And then all of a sudden, the whole game turned around, of course. They lost against the Bengals. And he was like, I will keep supporting Kansas City. And I hate Joe Burrow from now on. Hey, shout out to Pops, man. <laughs> okay. My heart still hurts, but yeah. at least I made a new well, friend in your, in your dad. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm obviously a huge Baltimore Raven fan, but yeah. I, I got to give, give it to the Bengals and Joe Burrow on the other side. It's... What they did, the turnaround, that's also sports, you know? Yeah. Four wins last year to the Super Bowl this year. Yeah, and the Special. year before that, too. Yeah. yeah. So, but, but I can see it in your eyes when you're talking about home, talking about Kansas City, talking about the Chiefs, talking about family. Mm -hmm. How do you deal with that in this cold northern city in the <laughs> Netherlands? It's, it's definitely tough. Sometimes you, you question, uh, is it worth it, you know, to miss out on birthdays and Christmases. This year was my first year I got to be on for Christmas in eight years. You know, I'm grateful for that. But, uh, you know, sometimes you wonder if it's worth it. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's like the things that you're uh, missing and, uh, you know, maybe your family and your friends and the lifestyle and those kind of things, God willing, those things will be there for you when, you, when the ball's done bouncing. You know, so you come over here, you put yourself in a good position uh, financially. Try to, you know, continue to do the thing that you love and play basketball. And also, like, uh, experience new new, new experiences, you know, uh, see new places. It's not like a two-week visit to Spain or something. It's like, no, like, I actually live here, you yeah. know. Like, I'm I'm in the culture. I'm, yeah. you know, walking around. These dudes are speaking Dutch around me, and I don't know what's going on. But, you know, I can tell by their mannerisms that they mean well or, you know, things like that that – you don't really get the experience just going on a vacation somewhere. You're actually indulged into the uh, community. And I think it's pretty cool. That's what I think I like about Kronigan is, like, uh, the community. You know, it's people have pride from being from here, being from the north, mm. and that's kind of how it is in Kansas City, too. And I think that's kind of a cool thing. There's no middle road. You have to be 100% in it or not. Yeah. If you're either from the north or you're not, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. there's no middle road. No. Well, let's go back to that to that career because 
I got I got to ask you. Mm-hmm. Did you want? Did you search for that MBA life? Mm, okay, good question. Uh, no, not at all. Really, actually, I didn't even know that I wanted to play in Europe. Honestly, when I was in college, when I was in college, I was just playing to play and win with my friends and one day at a time. One, one day match at, at a time. time. Literally, I might uh, my senior year, people maybe heard from like an agent or something. I'm just like I'm not even writing back. I'm just trying to win a championship. You know, honestly, mm-hmm. like that's really what it was. Take care of business, and then when that's all said and done, the rest will kind of fall in line. And then I got a couple offers to play in Europe. And I'm like, oh man, like why wouldn't I? You know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. but yeah, let's do it. And I went over there thinking to myself like, okay, maybe I'll play a year or two. You know, who knows? We'll see what happens. I'll play a year, maybe you, two years. You, two. you ever been to Europe before? Never. Oh. Okay. Never. So I didn't know what to expect or anything. And then I get over here and... You, know, you were on the plane to Denmark then I, for the first time. Uh, yeah. I, all, all by yourself or... Uh, all by my lonesome. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I, exactly. And you never, if you never left the States, you never been on an eight-hour... No. Eight-hour no. uh, uh, flight. Flight. Yeah. Man. It's different. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely something that you have to experience to understand what it actually is like yeah. to be on a flight for eight hours. In another time zone. Uh, Wake up. Yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Leave at five and you land at five. I'm like, oh, uh-huh. it was just five o'clock. Like, you know, people in America, they, especially, yeah, people in the Midwest, people where I'm from, they'll be calling me at three in the morning. I'm like, mm-hmm. bro, it's, it's three in the morning. It's like, sorry, it's only five or six o'clock here. I'm like, yeah, people that just don't, aren't aware of the time change. You yeah, know? Yeah, like, yeah. They have no idea what time it is in the Netherlands, no. you know, when you're somewhere in the Midwest. So, wow. On that yeah. plane to Denmark, was there ever a thought going through your head? What am I doing? Uh, no, nah, I was actually really excited because I got to go play with one of my college teammates, my, my rookie year, Skylar Boland. He, you know, kind of put it the deal together. He, he was going there, and then he wanted me to come all year after college. And uh, I didn't even really entertain other offers because I just wanted to go play with Sky. I know what he stands for. I know where he comes from. And uh, great guy, great leader, great teammate. So I'm like, you know, yeah, let's go play with Sky. Like, so I went to go play with Skyler. And, uh, you know, so for me, I was excited to get there and then be with Sky because Sky knew everything that was going on already. He had already played yeah. in the club yeah. a year before. So that helps. It helped a lot. You know, mm-hmm. he's like, ah, oh, things are like this, or he's like this, or they're like this, you know. So you had a wingman. I had a wingman to kind of explain mm-hmm. everything to me instead of having me learning on the fly. And yeah. that was really helpful. Um, so, yeah, I was excited. And, you know, it didn't really hit me like, man, I'm missing home until like a couple months in, you know. And at that point, you're like, you know, okay, this is fun. This is fun. But miss my mom, you know, yeah. I see my yeah. mom in forever yeah. type of thing. But you know, it's, but not uh, not homesick for a longer period. Uh, yeah. That that you nah, didn't experience a couple that. days, you know, and you know, thank God for FaceTime. I can't imagine what players yeah. back in the day used mm-hmm. to do. You know, have yeah. to write letters and that kind of. No, thing. no, yeah. they had uh, huge phone bills. Yeah, they, they yeah. S- all all they they spent all their money on phone bills. Yeah, man, yeah, we have, we have stories about it. Has really phone bills and gas. Yeah. So, and gas, yeah, and gas, yeah, <laughs> <and> gas. <laughs> <laughs> That's another one. Yep. Yeah, yes, it is. Yeah. yeah, so you came to Denmark, I think a bit comparable to the Netherlands, mm-hmm. or not? Yeah, bit, Very, bit the, the same. The Netherlands is the most uh, similar to Denmark in terms of the country in yeah. itself, mm-hmm. and uh, just kind of the architecture and you know Euro- European style and feel. Yeah, people were really nice. Pe- listen, people in Denmark and the Netherlands, they follow the rules. Okay, <laughs> they follow the rules. Doesn't matter if it's going eighty-five on the highway. They're going oh, yeah. 85. They're not breaking the rules every, anywhere you go for any reason. They're putting the basket back after, you know, yeah. <laughs> after mm-hmm. you use it. Like in America, like sometimes people just kind of, you know, second thought those things and just do things. But 
here and then also in Denmark, they're following the rules to a T. Yeah. You had to uh, get used to that, so that everybody does that? Yes. Okay. Everything goes the way it's supposed to go. Yeah. So, you and know. you also have to find out the, the way it's supposed to go. Exactly. It, it's mm. not like you know it for when you when you get into Denmark, it's not like you know all the rules. So that's also where the wingman comes yeah, in handy. Yeah, uh-huh. Figure things out on the fly. Yeah. yeah. Even here, like uh, some line, like the mask rules, you know, like. There's mm-hmm. mask rules in America too, but if you go to Walmart without a mask on in America, nobody's going to say anything. Or you walk into Alberheim here without a mask on, there's going to be a 16 year old girl calling you out. Everybody's yeah. going to stare yeah. at you. Yeah. And it, it was great. Our, our first meeting was in Martini Plaza, and you you sh- uh, shook hands. You were just, uh, I, I think, a couple of weeks here in Holland, yeah. and I hadn't shaken a hand for <laughs> like one and a half year. Yeah. So I was not surprised because I know you come from America; they don't have that rule there. Yeah. So we we just uh, box uh-huh. and that kind of thing. Yeah. But so that was uh, one of the, those things. I'm getting back used to that now. And yeah, fist yeah. bumps everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah great, great. You saw a lot of Europe uh, over the years. Mm-hmm. Maybe this is a difficult question, but is there a favorite spot for you? Um, favorite spot? You're, you're, you're not entitled to say uh, Groningen. Yeah, I'll give like a, a, a details of a few spots, I guess. Like I really love mm. Geneva, the city of Geneva. I played two years there. Awesome city. Way too expensive. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, beautiful architecture, luxury stuff, cars, buildings, uh, the jet they have down there. It's a beautiful city, and I, I really like being uh, in Geneva. That was real sweet. How was that competition? Uh, similar to Dutch, Dutch competition. Uh, two, three teams fighting for the championship, you know, a couple mid-level teams, and then, you know, some bottom teams as well. Mm. But a couple, like maybe one or two teams that will have success in Europe as well. In Freiburg, they've done some good things there. And yeah. uh, that was kind of like our rival in Geneva. But it's very similar to, to Dutch uh, in terms of the basketball. I love Denmark. Super clean, super nice. Yeah. Uh, loved the, the the way of life there. It, it was it was real, uh, like, uh, warming. You know, people are always uh, inviting to, to come eat places and this, those yeah. kind of things, sharing, those kind of things. Um, that was a real nice place, too. I'm loving it here. Love how many bikes there are. I think that's real European. When can you, you ride a bike? Yeah, I can ride a bike, man. Come on now. <laughs> I don't know. Also, like, also in this biking traffic, it, <laughs> like uh, it's a bit busy. I think yeah. that's that's the crazy part is driving <laughs> out here with yeah. bikers. You gotta really be on your p's and q's. You're saying that we always follow the rules, but when you're on a bike, you don't follow any rules. <laughs> no. There, you, there are no rules. When you're on the bike, you are the rules. Yeah, you are the rules. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, you understand. Yeah. You exactly. have to compete for yourself on the bike. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, what? What? Now you're now. How many years in Europe? Eight. It's in my eight. Eight. Yeah. 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 eight years. Mm-hmm. What what lessons did you learn? Uh, I learned a lot of things. I learned um, that a lot of times Americans don't know anything when it comes to Europe. You know, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, like not. Man, I guess I could say like we're kind of closed minded into like what Europe is like. You know, or like mm-hmm. it's kind of all grouped together, but. It, the Netherlands isn't like France, you know, and no, no. France isn't like uh, Romania or, you know, or something like that. So everything's so different. It's like saying this state and that state are the exact same. It's, just not, it's not how it is, you no. know, because the United States is such a big group of individual entities, you know, and, and that's how Europe is, too. But uh, I also learned to, you know, try new things, uh, enjoy the time and enjoy the culture, you know. And embrace yourself in it and kind of just go with it you know uh i think it made your life richer yeah you you i learned more in my first year playing overseas than i learned in four years of college just about life in general hmm. you know going to the store and like, taking the bags and like oh you got to pay for the bags like you know just things that you didn't know that you aren't accustomed to to like incorporate those things into your everyday life um but isn't yeah. it about life isn't it about it's not it's not 
in the end, it's about how you deal with a loss mm-hmm. or a win. Absolutely. Or staying at a certain level. Mm-hmm. I think that are more important lessons than uh, a cert- certain pass yeah. or a, a certain system. I agree. I agree. I think that uh, every loss should be a lesson and, you know, Every win, you should you should learn from your wins too. You know, maybe things could have went differently for you, and you figure out how. But you know, to compare that to life is like, uh, you know, you go to Denmark, and maybe it's not where you want to be, but you make the most out of it. You know, when I, I went back to Denmark my second year, and it was some contract things that I wasn't really trying to go back there. But I ended up going back there, and I made one of my best friends to this day in that single season, a, a rookie American who came in that year, Nimrod, and uh, you know. I didn't want to be there, and I was kind of pessimistic about it at first. And then eventually I just kind of let go, and and I enjoyed myself. And, uh, you know, I said, whatever is going to happen is going to happen. I'm going to be here regardless, so let's embrace it and let's have fun. And uh, like I said, then that, that season we won a championship. We won it in game seven. Yeah. And then, so that's like, you know, game seven, like that's seven game series is crazy. It's like you're playing the same team back to back to back to back to back, you know. We know and we know all about it. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. You I'm know sure. you know the story of Donut in 2011? Uh-uh. We also played a seven game series and then the seventh game went to three overtimes oh okay. against God. Leiden. Against Leiden. away in Leiden and we lost. Ooh, <laughs> listen that that you put so much into that like that'll always burn and stay. Yeah. that'll always yeah. hurt, you know. Oh, that's and one of the legendary games for the wrong yeah. reason. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, for 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 our team. And yeah. Uh, yeah. Team, yeah. And, and at that time you also uh, played back-to-back matches on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, so Saturday it was a, a, a packed crowd here in Groningen and then the next day all uh, everybody has to go to Leiden and uh, yeah, I'm then sure the fans were even tired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. One. yeah. A lot of yeah. emotion going on yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. That's that's crazy. Hopefully Weren't we there, don't do back to There were people walking out to the parking lot as well, right? Yeah, yeah. Who it couldn't was, handle the, yeah, the it was heat too of exciting the, of the moment. Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. You're talking now about packed, mm-hmm. packed uh, yeah. halls and packed stadiums. Yeah. How did uh, COVID uh, stri- 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 strike you? How yeah. did how did you handled those 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 nasty <laughs> years with empty, COVID? Empty yeah. gyms was kind of gross. Yeah. yeah. You know, even back to last year in Romania, we didn't have fans the entire season. And then in the finals, they finally implemented fans, and we were already out. But, you know, the COVID in general, you know, you had to have, like, a reason to be fine in Europe. You had to have, like, a contract or a, a work visa or something. So, you know, my girlfriend couldn't come with me, you know, and, like, that sucked. My family couldn't come visit. Yeah. You know, that's not fun. And then when you want to go home because you have a national team break or a Christmas break or something – uh, you, you can't because when you come back, you got to quarantine. But did for two that weeks. affect your mental health or your uh, or your play? Sir, uh, I wouldn't really say that my play, but it certainly affects your mental health. You know, solitary confinement is like one of the the main punishments in in the prison system. You yeah. know, like yeah. Yeah. and it's, it's for a reason. You know, and for us last year, even for parts of this year too. You know, you go to practice, you go home. You go to practice, you go home. You go to the martini and lift weights, and you come home. There's no Go out to eat with your friends, get the game together, maybe watch football, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Because there's rules against that kind of stuff. And, you know, it, it's, it was certainly tough and had you question Like, guys who opted out and didn't want to play because of the COVID year, I respected it. I understood it. Yeah. You know, me personally, I didn't want to do that to myself in, in, you know, my prime slash later part of my career. I didn't want to take a year off, you know, and I still love the game and, you know, the money was still flowing. So it's like, you know, let's let's go do it. But to play without fans – 
got to find it from within, you know. It, it it wasn't fun all the time, especially when it's a game where maybe, you know, you're the better team and you play against a team that's not as good or vice versa, whatever. You're like, ah, oh, this team's going to beat us. However, it, it was for that particular person, you know, it's like, ah, oh, like, what am I going to do to get myself up for this game? You know, you got to geek yourself up. You got to find out a way to have some sort of professionalism, you know, because you don't want to go out there looking like a bum. You also don't want to, you know, you don't want to look bad, but you also want to, you know, sh- showcase your talent, even though you know that you're better than this team or worse than this team. But you just kind of had to find something even to correlate that to now. It's like now, you know, when you have some fans there, you got a little extra energy, a little more yeah. mustard, you know, you know, a little a little extra st- uh, pep in your step. So. And you like to interact with, uh, with the fans uh, yeah, we saw? It, absolutely. So it's cool, you know, you hit some shots, you got people, another one, another one, you hit it, and now you're feeling yourself. You know, you're feeling good. Fans yeah. are feeling good. They're getting to it too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's fun. It's, it's it's certainly fun. Like, you know, basketball players are, are entertainers too, you know. So we go out there and we entertain the crowd. It's like we entertain each other with, you know, how we do our practices every day, one-on-one. You know, like, oh, that's a, that's a nice move. Like, for me personally, I'm, I love the game in itself. I love the art of the game. So, you know, when I see, you know, some teammate do this or that, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's nice. I'm going to try to add that to my bag too, you know. So, you know, it's nice. To, but, yeah, back to the fans, it's like, mm. uh, you know. I try to understand how that how that went in Romania. You know, Romania is such a different country than the Netherlands. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's completely it's Eastern Eastern Europe. Yes, it is. There is much more poverty. Mm-hmm. Um, 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 that that says nothing about the people there. And I saw pictures of that town. It's beautiful. Yes, it is. And they have crazy fans too. Yeah, they love Sabu. <laughs> they, they have yeah. crazy fans. They similar to Donar. Like they sell out their games every single time. Wow. You know they're not having uh, as much success this year as we had last year, and they're still selling games out and having a bunch of fans. So those fans would come and they would stand out in the rain for us to cheer us for us as we walked into the gym because mm. they couldn't actually come into the gym. Wow. It, it's, it's different for sure, uh, especially... Uh, we are a bit more spoiled, I think, in Rome. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, yeah. A little bit. Life's a little rougher in Romania, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. but it was... I had, a, I had a great time, honestly. Like, I, I enjoyed it and, you know, I, I could see myself going back there sometime. You know, people... I didn't know what to expect. When I heard Romania, I'm like, uh, Romania, Romania, I don't know, you know. There's a that's, stigma on it a little. It, there is, yeah. and that's the thing. I didn't know. And then I went there, great restaurants, great food. It was cheap, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I enjoyed myself. I love my Romanian teammates and uh, my coach as well, my coaches. Like, I had a good time there, and we had a we had a special year last year, too. Hmm. Good to hear. Then you went to Groningen. Mm-hmm. And, well... Let's go back to the first game. Let's do it. Of this season. The very first? The very first. And then you mean competitive or f- competitive. like the friendlies? No. Oh, against, away against, against Aris. Away against uh-huh. Aris. Uh-huh. So finally you got to play the first game. Yep. We lost that game. Yes, we did. What What were your thoughts after that game? Uh... <laughs> upset, definitely. I remember uh, my girlfriend drove to the game and... Uh, so we got the ride in the car. I got the ride in the car on the way back instead of riding the bus. And I don't think there was one word spoken <laughs> no. for the entire 45 minutes. But, uh, you know, we lost that game. But, you know, it's like championships are won in September. You know, I wasn't freaking out by any means. And then, you know, Caruso went down and we found out he yeah. was going to be out a couple of weeks. And before that game, we had just found out that Austin wasn't going to be going. Like pretty yeah. much game time decision. We were like, oh, okay, Austin that's playing. And then, oh, Henry's gone. And then, you know season started and that's kind of how the first couple months of our season was you know it was kind of a snowball effect of uh you know yeah we've been through all these friendlies building the team and yeah. everybody gets into their role and then all of a sudden two of probably two really important guys for yeah. you uh, uh get out of the team with injury that 
That's Def- harsh. Definitely. It was hard. It was hard. And there was a lot of readjustments to be made. And then, you know, there was a lot of uncertainties, too. We didn't know how long they were going to be out or he was going to be out or whatever. And, you know, so it was kind of like, oh, okay, it'll be fine. It'll be a week or two. Or, yeah. oh, it'll be fine. It'll be a week or two or whatever. And then, <laughs> it became a couple yeah. of months. Yeah, a couple yeah. months. Well, not even just Loop, but right after Caruso got back, uh, Latana went out for a couple of weeks. Yeah, and then Thomas Kunish. A couple of times, uh, weeks after that, Thomas went out. And then it's like, dang, it was just, you know, it really just wasn't our time. But, you know, from the whole time, we were always saying, you know, Let's get them out the way now because we got a long season ahead of us, a bright future ahead of us, and yeah. we never really lost faith. That's for sure. What did happen during the season? Uh, did you uh, experience a, 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 a culture change or something like that? Uh, I wouldn't really say a culture change, uh, but we were playing with, with 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 seven people for a couple of weeks. There, yeah, you know, eight people, uh, and the rotations were. You know, we we're missing some guys that we really needed to be in the lineup, some starters. You know, some key players for us. And then, you know, at the beginning of the season, honestly, I was playing with tendonitis in my knees and it was really affecting me. And I wanted to sit it down, but we only had seven players already. There was nothing I could do about it. So I fought through it. And, uh, you know, thankfully after, I think it was after the national team break, finally had time off to recover and, and, and rehab them and definitely has a feel a lot better than I did. We said that in our podcast, mm-hmm. did, didn't yeah. we? We said that was a very important break for many players. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. That that break did uh, did wonders for a lot of a lot of players, especially us. You know, we got to get some guys back and we got to work on some new concepts and chemistry and, and it showed for a while there. And, you know, we've I feel like we've, ever since that break, you know, we've definitely been turning upwards. We had some up and downs here and there, but we've been turning in the right direction. I uh, think the energy j- changed. Definitely. Personally, I experienced that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, I definitely agree. I think some of the additions and then guys learning their roles, guys come back from injuries, I think that really helped us a lot. Uh, love the addition of DT. Um, Dante Thomas, that's my guy. He's <laughs> yeah. the most vocal guy on the court. Yeah. And that 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 breeds energy, you know. He's so, also my guy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know why? Why is that? No, that's Dante Ingram. That's Dante Ingram. Oh, right. I always yeah. get confused. Always. You get confused oh, with the Dante. Every, every time I get confused. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. What, we get confused too. That's why we just call uh, Dante Thomas DT. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then Ingram Di or Nah, because it's too close. <laughs> yeah, nah, just, just because he's a Baltimore Ravens fan. So. Yeah, okay, <laughs> that's okay. Di. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, but Dante Thomas, of course, he's really, really vocal dude. But also, um, when he came into the team, mm-hmm. um, that was also the period where uh, Lutana got a lot more vocal on defense I yep, feel yep. Um, and you guys started to talk a lot more on defense yep. um, and that's where it all starts Definitely. on the defensive side of the ball for you guys when your def- you guys' defense is good then the offense comes almost automatically absolutely and uh, we also put in some new syst- a new system implemented some new things and they all kind of compounded you know we got some people back we got some new people you got Gavin in which meant that you didn't have to play as much points absolutely put so in you're it. comfortable at mm-hmm. the two position more comfortable yeah def- this is my first year ever playing point guard you know, yeah. <laughs> and I kind of just got thrown in the fire, but it was fun for me. I, even though I did, maybe didn't have the success that maybe coach or somebody else maybe wanted, but to me it was awesome to learn and mm-hmm. to have that responsibility put on me. And it's like, okay, you know, I was learning. I was watching the game film. Like, okay, maybe I could have done this or done this. And, you know, like I said, I'm not a finished product. So, you know, I'm 30 years old. I still want to learn after every game. You know? Nobody is a finished product. Absolutely, no. <laughs> absolutely, you know. They say, uh, be perfect. It's like, no one's ever going to be perfect, okay? But you work to be perfect still, yeah. you know what I'm saying? That means there's always work to be done. Yeah. So what's the feeling about this season? What's the feeling about Donar? And uh, what what great do you, do you give this season? 
the season. Uh, it's I, not finished yet. Absolutely. No. So you can't put a grade. We're halfway on, there. On yeah, we're halfway there because because we don't know when people listen to this podcast. Oh, okay, okay, oh, okay. okay. exactly. Yeah. On which yeah. it has to be a know? little okay. bit timeless. A little bit yeah. timeless. timeless. Okay. But how's the feeling about uh, this season? About yourself and about the situation you're in? Yeah, it's uh, it's going upwards. That's for sure. Everything's going upwards. I feel like we've been playing a lot better. We have uh, some big games coming up. And listen, we have some great opportunities ahead of us. We get these opportunities that we've all worked for and put ourselves in a position to succeed in. No one cares about the past, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. the, the Lee Ward and loss in the first game of the year. We won a championship in a couple of weeks from now, and people forget about that, you know. And winning, winning cures everything, you know. So, uh, but you know, I really love my teammates, love coaches, you know, uh, the management. You know, it's very professionalism. I, I appreciate Donar for sure. I like what they try to do with their club and uh, in the in the league and that kind of stuff. You know, my teammates having eight Americans is awesome. You know, like uh, maybe a lot of teams wouldn't like it because you know everybody every American is out here playing for their next job. You know, whether we say that or not, like it's true. You're playing for your next job, mm -hmm. but you're also playing to have success and win a championship and to mesh together. You know, but uh, I love having my Americans out there. And I also love, you know, the Dutch guys, too. You know, it's a great mix that we have in our locker room. And uh, we talk a lot of crap about football and, and basketball, our favorite teams. Everybody. I want to be on that team. Uh, <laughs> lock, locker room talk is hilarious. But I'm a nose tackle and not a basketball player. So. <laughs> now, you've played basketball before. But I've, not. I've played basketball before, yeah. 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 But, but, but it's true what you say about you're playing for your future. Mm -hmm. But when you look back at, for example, the, the Jason uh, DeRusso evening mm -hmm. against Den Bosch, yeah. You see how important Dona is to players from the past. Mm -hmm. You that see how cool. much they are in yeah. their hearts. Yeah. It's not just a year, I think. Absolutely. I think the the fandom here is uh is heavy, you know. And being a Chiefs fan, I can relate to that. I understand how that happens and how that works. And yeah. I think it's it's nice, you know, to see the passion of the city. The people who have been around for 30 years, you know, uh, be like, oh, I've been watching games since the 70s, 80s. I'm like, dang, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's not like it's like a new club. It's it's a historic club with a good history and um, big time uh, thoughts and hopes to win. You know, they want to win and they uh, put a lot into it. So, you know, it's nice to, to, to play for a club that wants to win. You know, I played in clubs that didn't want to win or, hmm. you know. Where winning wasn't that important. Where winning wasn't yeah. that important. They weren't all in on winning. You know, they were cheap here or cheap there or, you know, not doing the right things here or there. But this club does a lot of good things and they really care about winning. So, you know, that's what we all play for is we all want to win. So it's nice. Hmm. Guys, do you want to ask something more? Do you have burning questions? Oh, cool. no. I think uh, this was uh, already a lot of information. Lot yeah. Of, yeah. Yeah. Great story also. Yeah. Didn't yeah. even realize an hour went by. Yeah, yeah. It, it did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah almost. Yeah. yeah. It goes very the, fast. Then the 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 not the, the, the difficult question, and it's not a fair question, mm -hmm. certainly not at this point. How do you see your future? How do I see my future? Yeah. Um mm -hmm. it's pretty up in the air at this moment. Yeah. Uh yeah. That's what I'll say. <laughs> like, what uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not saying, you know, that I would never play here again or I would love to play here again. Uh, the country, the the opportunities to play in FIBA and to be next, that kind of don't stuff. Go, like, don't uh, go to them balls. <laughs> no, don't never, go to Lyon. Never go to them balls or Lyon. As long as you promise that, it's all fine. Never go to those uh, two. All right, we'll see how the season is and, and, and that kind of stuff. But, yeah, we'll see. It's It's in the air for now.
Well, and and after that, that that's the maybe the, the final yeah. question. Yeah. After your uh, active career as yeah. a basketball player, what what, what do you have? Uh, I'm glad you asked that. I want yeah. to coach uh, or player development. Mm. So either one. I've, All right. Uh, already been looking into opportunities and stuff like that for a couple of years now, and like I said, I, I don't want to put the ball down just yet, but that's certainly something that's a burning desire in, in my uh, in my in my heart is to coach and yeah. maybe back at South High. <laughs> South Island, South Island. You know, maybe I really want to coach in the collegiate or in the NBA ranks in terms yeah. of uh, player development too. Uh, they say start where you want to be at. So I want to be at a, a big college or even in a in the association that'd be you know top of the top. And through connections and passion and energy that I have and and stories that I have from this game, I, I could see myself in that in that light for sure. So yeah. uh, that's something I've always wanted to do too is is coach and give back the things that I've learned from the countless number of people who have helped me out in my career, you know, to continue to recirculate those advices and mm, uh, give it back to the, give to the it young back guys, to, to the, to the youth and next generation for sure. Cause uh, you know, it's a small basketball world out there. No matter if you're overseas, NBA, college, like it's a small world, smaller than people think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, we wish you all the luck with that. Godspeed and all the best of luck uh, the coming months. Right on. With hopefully uh, a, a prize. Yes, sir. Yeah. That's the goal. That's the goal. But uh, well, it's it's not. It's it's. I think it's. Re this is the first time we are doing this mm -hmm. uh, with a, a player from abroad. Yeah, mm -hmm. from awesome. from the states. Awesome. Glad I'm here. So let me ask you something, guys. What do you think about this story? What do you think about this podcast? Yeah, it's great to hear. Great to hear. Yeah, it's, yeah. 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 it's also beautiful to see uh, and to hear. Like from the the other side, like we are European basketball fans, exactly. we we know the story from our side and from the European perspective. Um, but it's also very important to realize what it's like from the other side of the world. You know, like from the players from America that mm -hmm. come here, that come to support um, or play for our club and uh, defend the colors of Donar. Yes, sir. Yeah. Protect our house. Protect our house. Yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks again and uh, thank you for listening to this podcast. Bedankt voor het luisteren naar The Russo Radio, jouw podcast over Donar. En ik zou zeggen, ja, als je naar deze podcast luistert, dan ben je misschien al lid van onze Petje Pedaf pagina. Uh, ga naar donarpodcast.nl om, uh, om ons te steunen, zodat we hopelijk nog veel meer van dit soort mooie producties kunnen maken. Uh, we zijn er, uh, we zijn er uh, ja, weer wanneer we er weer zijn. Dit is <laughs> ja. special. Dus yes. uh, uh, we zijn natuurlijk gewoon iedere week met onze reguliere af, uh, afleveringen van uh, de Russo Radio. Je kan ons volgen via at Yannick Masson, dubbel N, dubbel S. At Donar 2014. En at Klaasje Do we have a Twitter handle? Uh, at Marcus Addison, 34. At Twitter, okay. <laughs> People, are we allowed to follow you? Yes, sir, follow up. <laughs> yeah. With all your talks about food and the weather and things like that. I'll just keep it G. <laughs> Bedankt voor het luisteren naar de Russo Radio. Tot Donar. En tot Donar. Ja, doen we er nog even doorheen. Great. <laughs>